Busted Business Bureau podcast. My name is Christian Borky. I write and host this podcast, which is produced by the Lincoln Lodge. I am joined by my old friend, Claire Rufin. Hey, girl. Hello. You can follow her on Instagram at Claire Annalee. I got that right? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I have absolutely <laughs> no uh, retention skills when it That's comes super, to repeating no, something I heard neither. five seconds ago. Exactly. I'm so happy that you're here. We just had, what a brunch we just had. We just had a delicious brunch. Yeah, we tried going to Lucy's Cafe in Roscoe Village, and the host there did not understand the wait times he that were upon didn't. him. didn't. I feel like it was intentional <laughs> sabotage. <laughs> I could feel it from the minute we walked in, actually. Yeah, you got I the energy. I feel like he locked in on us and was like, I'm going to say the same 45 minutes answer. <laughs> Every time that <laughs> 45 minutes passes. He was a little stinker. He was. But he also looked like he was hiding something. Oh. A secret. There was something about, I was like, you're a little too cheeky right now. <laughs> I don't know. So then we, went up, we wound up going to John's place. Yeah. And that was great. Delicious. It was so good. Uh, no complaints. Mm-mm. None. <laughs> Absolutely none. So this podcast, I realize I have a bunch of listeners who have no idea what the Lincoln Lodge is, so I feel like I need to explain to you guys what it is. Do that. <laughs> Definitely do that. The Lincoln Lodge is a comedy theater in Chicago. It's also a nonprofit, which is why every week I say, like, donate to the Lincoln Lodge. I also have a show at the Lincoln Lodge this upcoming Friday. It's a dueling piano show with Christian McCann from the Buffalo Wild Wings episode. But anyways, the Lincoln Lodge is a comedy theater. It's great. That's, it has a great mission, and you should donate to it. Boom. And that's where we're sitting right now. <laughs> so good. None of my listeners have ever asked, but I feel like I should tell. I love that you're like that. Yeah. You know? I'm just thinking ahead. The, yeah. Claire, how Very are you cool. doing today? Can I get an emotional check-in? An emotional check-in? Yeah. I'm, I'm chilling. Yeah. I'm loving the LED lights mm-hmm. flickering. I'm feeling good. Great. This episode, as you can tell from the title, is on BetterHelp, oh which is... An online therapy platform. We're I'm talking so about emotions today. But I want to start this episode with four seemingly unrelated anecdotes before we explicitly talk about BetterHelp. Okay? Oh, okay. So these things are not going to have anything to do with BetterHelp. Hot. Number one, Corinthian College. Have we ever heard? Mm-hmm. It's a for-profit university in Southern California. And for those uninitiated, many colleges you've you're probably more familiar with are not-for-profit. All public institutions and many private ones like DePaul are not-for-profit. A for-profit college takes the profits from, you know, enrollment and just gives it back to investors and shareholders, not back into the institution. Mm. It's a college to make money, you know. Corinthian College at its height in 2010 had more than 110,000 students and a revenue of $1.7 billion, most of which came from federal funds. Oh, my God. A vast number of students who went to school there were only able to because of typically like high interest loans from the government. (laughs) The school had been sued more than 100 times, even by Kamala Harris when she was the AG in California, (laughs) for securities fraud, consumer fraud, deceptive advertising, all the things under the sun it was getting sued for. Facing a federal probe, the company abruptly closed in 2015. Mind you, many, many of their students had defaulted on their loans, meaning they just couldn't pay it back. And it was right. like, all right, well, I'm fucking my credit score up for, for li- forever, oh my God, which fuck. is way higher than the national average of students who default on loans. I think it's something yeah. like 11% at for-profit institutions. And like, what? I don't know. I, I don't have the figures on me. Okay. I don't know why I didn't write it down. You may be wondering, with all these investigations, terrible education quality, etc., how were they getting so many students to enroll every year? According to internal company documents, they were explicitly directing their multi-million dollar marketing campaigns towards individuals who are, quote, isolated, impatient, with low self-esteem, who have few people in their lives who care about them, and are unable to see and plan well for the future. Oh, my God. Internal company documents, that's what they explicitly say. 
Now let's consider Vaterat, which is the Midwestern version of Corinthian, which in their company documents, also Vaterat followed the same arc as uh, Corinthian, like it was a big for-profit institution, closed abruptly. In their internal company documents for their marketing campaigns, they were looking for individuals with low self-esteem, low-income jobs, experienced a recent death, mentally or physically abused, dead-end jobs, no future. That's how it's written out. Oh my god. If these are explicit tactics from the marketing team, you have to imagine that they had access to a pool of people they could reasonably assume felt this way. Exactly. How? I was just about to say that's so specific. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my god. To write that on a page. I know. Do you ever feel like we're the bad guys? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) So keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, That is there in the forefront. (laughs) I'll make room later. Sorry, say something else. <laughs> That's going to be right there. Okay, I'll say something else. Okay. Next, let's consider Kyle Bem. Around 2012, I think, he had begun his studies at Vanderbilt University. His sophomore year, he struggled with bipolar disorder and suicidality and had to drop out. A year later, he was well enough to continue his studies at Mercer. Around that time, his friend had told him about a job opening at Kroger. Minimum wage, easy job, should have been a shoe-in for a guy like Kyle. Uh, he did. He had like a near-perfect score on his SAT. He was a hard-working, high-achieving guy. A young college student applying for this minimum wage Kroger job, again, with already a foot in the door because his friend works there, should be a shoo-in. But he didn't get it. Because his friend worked there, Kyle got the insider knowledge that he was blackballed because he had failed the personality test that Kroger makes you take. Like on a scale of 1 to 10, how good are you with customers? Or uh, I feel angry sometimes, 0 to 5, that kind of thing. Oh, he I told know, the truth. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that we kind of laugh about that because we're snakes. But I'm so sorry. He, no. He did say, like, I thought I had to be honest. I, I yeah. think it's just the right thing to do for me, to be honest. Yeah, I struggle with right. this, this, and this sometimes. I mean, also, like, who are you to judge my personality, Kroger? It, literally, Kroger? Like, <laughs> we're not speed dating. <laughs> I'm doing tasks. Like. So his mental health was a direct impediment to getting employed at what should have been a sure thing, confirmed by his friend on the other side of the Kroger team. Because of, you know, traits about his mental health. He was yeah. unable to get... And he was also unable to get jobs at, like, PetSmart, all the other, like, minimum wage jobs in the area. Oh, no. So he only had that insight because of his friend behind the table at Kroger. Right. Keep that also in your mind. Okay. All right. Number three. Oh, this one's so fucked up. Oh, God. You ever, <laughs> you ever heard of Michelin? Like, the tire and Duh. star rating company? <laughs> Who are you going to call? Like, are <laughs> you joking? <laughs> Have I seen... <laughs> I know that's stay puffed, but like, well, let's be real. <laughs> we all think the Michelin man. Michelin does actually refer to the tire company and the five star rating system of restaurants. I don't know if people no, yeah. know that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. They used it's to have like so a weird. guidebook back in the day to be like, use your tires to go yeah. visit this place or whatever. Yeah, that makes me uncomfortable. And so if it was one star, it'd be like, eh, don't go out of your way for it. Two stars, right. make a detour for it, etc. That's not the point of the story. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're talking about Michelin Corporate. So the employees who work at computers at Michelin. Right. They're one of the many companies to include health incentives. More and more companies are doing this. If you meet certain standards of health, the argument goes that you're less of a liability for the company. So if you're not a smoker, you're less likely to develop lung cancer and the company is less likely to have to pay for lung cancer treatments. So they want to incentivize healthy, quote unquote, behavior with monetary incentives. Are you understanding the, the trail of logic? Yes. Okay. So comp- Michelin is one of the companies that's taken this a little bit further. If you volunteer your health information and it meets certain strict parameters, you can get a $1,000 discount on your annual insurance payments. Now, this includes stuff like cholesterol levels to waist size, 
for men, what? for men, if it's under 40 inches, women under 35 inches, that's the health. Like you have to abide by that or else you cannot get this $1,000 discount. Uh, and the article that I read that was talking about it was like, <laughs> this, it was such a cheeky way to open the article. If you're a man with over 40 inch waist size, you might have to pay for that spare tire at Michelin. Like, seriously, <laughs> because like, what the, what? <laughs> and what's killing me is like, I keep remembering like discount, like not a bonus. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't get our tires. Like, Well, functionally for employees, it means you are paying $1,000 more oh, than right. your skinny employees. Then. And, well, no, without a doubt, it's yeah. fucked. But I just like and am it's, blown. It's legal because it's opt-in. So if you volunteer the information about the se- about yourself, you get the reduced rate. It's not punish. It's not explicitly punishing people for being over a forty-inch waist size. But that's what it is functionally, what a right? Stupid. Loophole. But that's why it's legal. Okay, in New Orleans, mm-hmm. we have daiquiri shops that are drive-throughs. Super. No, I know. It's Wait. Like, no, I know. Okay, just just saying. I, I swear to God, I swear to God. I'm ready. And it's like, uh, yeah, we're the 50th state like for driving and stuff because we have so many. I mean, you wonder why. But technically, you know, like when someone's giving you a straw and the top part of the paper wrapping is still on it. Yes. They put that in there and that's technically a closed container. <laughs> So it's not illegal. That is the logic that they are using with that not being a punishment and like opt in. Are you kidding? Like that is paper on a straw. Like no way. No I've way. Never heard of this before. Yes. No. I. Yeah. That is hysterical. Yeah. Well, it's not hysterical. It's very dangerous. It's a little funny. It's you like, can laugh. It's very funny. We're all allowed. <laughs> We're in a safe space to laugh about it. Wow. Yeah. yeah, Michelin is the drive-through daiquiris of yeah. <laughs> health plans. Yeah. <laughs> so again, in practice, this just means that like fat employees have to pay more for their insurance every year by sole virtue of the fact that they have a waist size over a certain <laughs> inch. So I want you to also keep that in your mind. Your employer has the right to control how much you pay for insurance because of this uncontrollable health thing about yourself. Well, uncontrollable. You can control your health in some ways. Other ways you can't, which no. is also why it is. it could be discriminatory if it wasn't opt-in. Right. Because <laughs> if people just like naturally high cholesterol or you know yeah. issues that or medication that makes them a certain way. Exactly. Whatever. That was not the point of what I was saying. All right. Number four. Talk space. Uh, we're going to talk about a man. His name is Ricardo Lori. He's from New York City. He started using the app Talkspace, which is an online therapy app. Mm-hmm. He started using it in 2016. Again, Talkspace is an online therapy platform that allows you to text your therapist or schedule video chats. It's pre-COVID remote therapy, if you will. He developed a really strong bond with his therapist and felt like he could tell her anything. Psychological, sexual, parental, you name it. Lori loved Talkspace so much, he decided to get a job in their corporate offices. He's working there for a year when he's approached by an executive with an intimate request. Could she and the company's co-founder use some of his messages with his therapist for a presentation? It would be completely anonymous, Mm. and it's played by two women, so it's even less resembling you and your therapist, blah, blah, blah. Ricardo says, yes. I'll let the New York Times take it from here. Quote, at an all-hands meeting on a Friday afternoon in December 2016, employees gathered in the 13th floor conference room, the ping pong table that was in the room, because it's one of those fucking offices with a ping pong table. Oh, God. (laughs) Jesus. Was folded up so that Miss Sacco and Miss Frank, which is the executive and the co-founder, could sit on the floor cross-legged back to back. Oh, for a God. Ju- <laughs> no, sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I was expecting beanbags, but the fact that you elaborated crisscross applesauce, like, uh, that was a visceral reaction. I'm sorry. Continue. No, this is, I, I, the people doing theater. Come no, on, guys. I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? 
They're sitting cross-legged back-to-back for a dramatic reading. Miss Sacco played the role of the therapist. Miss Frank played a female version of Mr. Laurie. As Mr. Laurie, he was drinking wine because it's also a wine office. Oh, my God. As he watched, he noticed that a few employees kept glancing his way. Afterward, a member of the marketing department approached him and asked if he was okay. Later, Oren Frank, who is no. the co-founder's husband and chief executive, thanked him in the elevator. Somehow, word had gotten around that Mr. Laurie was the client in the reenactment. Oh, my God. <clears throat> so despite that incident, Ricardo Laurie stayed at the company for two years before he was fired. He claims they fired him explicitly because of his anxiety and depression, and he sued. They settled in 2020 for an undisclosed amount. But this company had access to his conversations with his therapist and also allegedly let him go because of his mental health status. That completes the four anecdotes that I wanted to tell you. Okay. okay. <laughs> Jesus. There's a lot going on here. This is going to be a very out there episode. No, I'm excited. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm especially excited because on TikTok, I've been scrolling and then all of a sudden that man from BetterHelp is like, you are someone that has gone through something and needs help. And I'm like, you stop that's for real to add stop he says you're help, someone man. who's gone through something yes yeah like it, it's all i'm like whoa <laughs> i <laughs> look at a dog music video like I, why are you coming <laughs> whoa <laughs> lots of assumptions are being i've made. never seen this ad. yeah no and like every time i think it's ooh, so sorry gonna be <laughs> the <okay>. guy <laughs> that's gonna be the guy that's like hey you like scrolled too long and i'm like stop you can't tell me, but like I this man is like genuinely that. just like you need help generally, <laughs> like not just off of this app, but you need to He's come like, to you better sick help. Fuck, <laughs> you it's need nervy. Help. It's nervy. <laughs> so I'm really ready to dive in. All right, so I'm done with these anecdotes. What is this episode about? This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a secure online therapy platform that pairs you with a licensed professional therapist. Busted Business Bureau listeners get 10% off their first month of online therapy with the code. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, like I knew, but I also didn't. It was really like. Mm, I in, really got you there. Yeah, the purgatory of my brain. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to settle. You're making room in there for yeah. those anecdotes to stay. <laughs> so I can understand that, you know, some things might get by you. Yeah. If you listen to literally any podcast with sponsors, you've probably heard an ad like this. Um, here's some famous podcasts that I've listened to. Behind the Bastards, the Always Sunny podcast, Small Town Murder. Uh, they all have better help ads. They're like huge podcasts. And to be clear, I do listen to podcasts that are not by white men. <laughs> They're just the three biggest ones that I know. <laughs> you needed to elaborate. You really did. I'm so I, glad. I do listen to more. I listen to women, I promise. <laughs> um, but these guys all make bank podcasting and they're all BetterHelp like ad readers. BetterHelp spent in December 2020 alone just on podcast advertising. BetterHelp spent $7,096,000. <laughs> oh. For one month? Because December 2020, famously, was December 2020 or 2021 Omicron? No, that's 2021. Yeah. December 2020, no vaccines. Holidays are coming around. COVID Zero. has just happened for like basically a year. Yeah. Just vibes. So that, that was their plan to spend $7 million on podcasting alone in December of 2020. Jesus. This episode is going to take the shape of an amorphous blob ossifying into a semi-coherent analysis about privacy, workers' rights, and big data. Mm -hmm. The lens that I'm looking at all those things through is BetterHelp. Now, the first three anecdotes that I picked up that I just let you know are from Kathy O'Neill's Weapons of Math Destruction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm showing the camera. By the way, Wee. you can also watch this podcast now, which was not a thing you could do before. But if you want to watch it, you can. Super exciting. Anyways, Kathy O'Neill's Weapons of Math Destruction is one of the most exciting reads I've had in years. It's all about how big data increases global inequality, algorithms determining your credit scores to like how good of a teacher you are in Washington, D.C. They're encoded with biases that we never get to give feedback on. And it's something that 
you know, you common sense just know that, but reading about it and putting it all together is a fucking spectacle. So Kathy O'Neill's Weapons of Math Destruction. I'll hold it up again. <laughs> yeah, and it's got a cute little cover. It does. Hello. It really does. Right? It's adorable. So anyways, this is an episode about BetterHelp, much uh, helped out by Weapons of Math Destruction. She never talks about BetterHelp in it, but it was, I don't know. It was yeah. helpful in my understanding of big data. Yeah. Because before I did not know anything about it. Are you excited? I am. Emotional check-in. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like nervous in a way. Mm. Big data just like, it's unnerving. Yeah? What are your impressions? Oh, do you know anything about big data? Or is it one of those things where you're like, I it's assume it's bad. Those thing. <laughs> it's like a little bit, <laughs> tiny bit more informed than I know it's bad. But like I do know it's yeah. bad. It makes me uncomfortable. Um, when I told my roommate, Jordan. Yes. Uh, that I was doing this episode on better help. They were like, I just assume it's bad. Like I assume yeah, something I mean, something better help bad. This was the thing that Travis Scott like offered, right? After We're gonna talk thing. about that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So like it it's bad. <laughs> I, I don't uh, there's also a bunch of people on Reddit who just seem to have a general distrust toward BetterHelp, most of whom cite the same few articles, which I will link in the description. There's a Jezebel article, a Consumer Reports article, Mozilla Foundation, and an Eat the Rich podcast episode, episode 90, I think. But beyond that, it's mostly personal stories of people who've had bad experiences with the app, which that happened to a bunch of YouTubers in 2018. They all like got a free month, they all hated it, and then they spoke up on it. It was weird. Right. What I want to address about this idea is that people generally think too and like individualized when they think of why better help is bad. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people misunderstand the sentence better help sells your data to mean like better help is creeping through your messages with your therapist and then like can resell it to your dad who you have a bad relationship with. That's not what it is. <laughs> okay, that I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think people actually think that, but no, no, no. generally they're like, it's my data. I want to protect it. Yeah. I assume better help is reselling my data or something, something bad. Yeah. But the individual experience of users on BetterHelp is not interesting to me. Hell, even my own personal data being sold by BetterHelp, because I have an account now. It's not much of a bother to me either. Instead, I want to talk about the perfectly legal ways that BetterHelp is able to benefit from eroding privacy rights in this country, how they contribute to the data economy, and what that generally means for disenfranchised people. All right. Yeah. No, no. I'm not. <laughs> That's the roadmap that we're doing, baby. Okay. All right. I'm loving it. Well. So of the YouTuber controversy, when a bunch of YouTubers in 2018, like, did better help, they didn't like it. They spoke out. Right. Um, there was a video made by, I believe, Memology 101. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess the guy didn't fucking <laughs> like it. I don't care. That's valid. But... BetterHelp for memeology. <laughs> but BetterHelp founder Alan uh, Matas took to Reddit to respond, uh, and he said, "Quote: I don't have any response to the video because it's plainly bizarre." <laughs> oh God! <laughs> You're welcome to go to our provider directory and see the credentials and licensing information of each one of our providers, because a lot of the complaints lobbied by the YouTubers are like mm -hmm. these therapists are underqualified or they're bad or I had this negative experience. Right. So he continues, if you find a single counselor who is currently active on the platform but isn't a qualified professional, I will personally donate $500 to a charity of your choice. I respect everyone's opinion, and I'm happy to truly listen and learn. This is the opposite from PR. I don't know what the end of that means. Yeah, he was on, using, he was probably I was on the told toilet. to be mean, just so you know. <laughs> he was probably on the toilet on Reddit writing this. Like <laughs> a, a professional going to Reddit? Literally. Like, are you? Why? That doesn't exist. No. That's ridiculous. At that point, bro, just take the L. Like, and you know just, what sucks about that is like when they had that weird little like one second Super Bowl commercial. I like for some reason no. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my god, Reddit like pulled all the money that they have like almost. <laughs> you don't remember this? No, I, was, like, I think I was still in high school. This is so funny. And they had 
Uh, they had literally a Super Bowl commercial that was one second long. You had to pause it and read it, <laughs> and it was like we spent all our money on this, but like we've really created a space for people, and they feel really comfortable. And like if if you just pause this for one second and like ten people read this, like that'll be enough for us. Like this just shows that like whether we're crashing the market or something like that. When they did like the Do- Dogecoin something, okay, you know what I'm talking yes. about. Yes, okay, I, okay, something like that. And so I was like. Aw, like that's random, but like cute. And now I I rue the day that I ever thought it was cute. I hate it. I hate Reddit and I hate that it had a soft spot there for a second. I'm really so upset. I wanted to be a hater. I needed to be a hater. I rue the day. I do. I rue that day. I do. So bad. So I didn't feel compelled to do a background on the BetterHelp founder until I saw the Reddit thing. And until I saw the following sentence that's supposed to be flattering on PitchBook.com. PitchBook.com is an investor profile website that's like Facebook. Quote, Alain Matas is a co-founder that serves as the president of BetterHelp. Mr. Matas's technological and managerial background was formed in the Israeli army where he served in many roles and led several major projects. I don't mean to be flippant about the atrocities going on uh, to Palestinians in uh, over there, but why what? would you describe the his role in the Israeli army as <laughs> he led several major projects? Yeah, I just what like, are you talking about? I, For his investor website, now I need to know. Like, what does yeah, that mean? Yeah, now I, I would like to know. I mean, his major you role, disclose that much unprompted. Uh, yeah, you. Like, what did you do? Also, for PitchBook.com to be like, this guy's a great investor. He's a great businessman. He formed his skills in the IDF. Yeah, like, like what um, are you talking about? <laughs> it's, no. I, I found that so bizarre. Yeah, no, that's incredibly odd. So then in 2000, he joined WizApp, a dot-com startup founded by oh. some guy, serving as the company's VP, R&D. In 2002, we found a compile and internet venture incubator. I don't know what any of those words mean. Point being, <laughs> he does not have a clinical background or any sort of therapeutic background, and he's never yeah. pretended to. He's a Silicon Valley guy, and he made this app in the wake of the Affordable Care Act creating a boom in the telehealth industry. Something, oh, something. The God. Eat the Rich podcast talk about that. I don't really know much about the it. The world of like app creation is so like gross to me. I feel mm. like it's all just like men in clear glass, like. <laughs> human-sized tanks, like, (laughs) spewing out the worst ideas, slapping a title on it, and then, like, making an abstract plant with a plain background, like, the (laughs) art. And it really, like, it makes my chest tight (laughs) thinking about that world. I mean, you did describe the foundation of BetterHelp. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Exactly. It is a private business right now, so it's not publicly traded. It's difficult to find information on how they spend their money or how they accrue capital. It's a subscription-based service. It's, I'm describing BetterHelp. I don't know yeah. why I didn't uh, lead with that. It's a subscription-based service, which some there have been recent developments in the subscription-based service industry where yeah. the questions have been raised. Once you get your maximum number of subscribers, how do you continue making money after that? Right. And... Uh, it's full of I want to say that the YouTuber controversy uh, and a bunch of stuff I've read on Reddit is like all the counselors on BetterHelp are terrible like it's a scam they're just hiring random people I don't think that's true there are plenty of accredited therapists on BetterHelp that help plenty of people there's a lot of good work that is done on BetterHelp so I want to set the record straight there Okay. which when he's arguing in the case or in favor of BetterHelp it is in a way not impenetrable it is a good argument he's like there's good therapists on the platform and I would agree 
I, I think I'm squinting my eyes. <laughs> well, I just I think I'm saying that because I want to talk about the other ways in which no, this app. Valid. I I know you're right. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> you can also just say I'm wrong. I could just be wrong. <laughs> I doubt it though. It's operating right now perfectly legally vis-a-vis HIPAA. Okay. The yeah, privacy yeah, yeah. when you yeah I guess for those unaware of HIPAA, mm-hmm. uh, it's the idea that the things that happen between you and your healthcare provider are private. Yeah. It cannot be resold. That data is just between you and your provider. Which in the booming telehealth industry, yeah. questions are raised on where that ends. Which is what we'll talk about later. Right. But at least right now, there are no like major breaches of HIPAA that BetterHelp has been a part of. Right. It's again not like they're just reselling your chat logs for fun. Which, again, seems to be like a bizarre yeah, <laughs> idea that people have. Interesting so, hunch. many people have a misunderstanding on how they interact with healthcare apps vis-a-vis HIPAA. Just because an app is a healthcare app does not mean that everything you type into it is protected. For example, BetterHelp has a questionnaire that's an intake thing before you make an account that is not HIPAA protected. BetterHelp is not a healthcare provider. It's an online platform. Do you see the difference? You're yeah. not doing in, an intake form at a clinic. You're providing data to an app to better match you with a partner. In this case, it's a healthcare partner, but it's the same thing like entering sexual preferences into Tinder or food preferences into Blue Apron. You mm. are entering your preferences for the things you want to be treated for, which is not a clinically diagnosable tool or whatever. Yeah. Because it's the same functionally, and it's not a diagnosis or anything, it is perfectly legal to resell the info you give to the questionnaire. Here's what's on the questionnaire. How would you rate your current physical health? How would you rate your eating habits? Are you currently experiencing overwhelming sadness, grief, or depression? Have you been feeling bad about yourself or that you are a failure and have let yourself or your family down? Please note that BetterHelp markets to everybody ages 13 and up, so there could be like a a 13-year-old answering these questions. Oh my God. Are you currently employed? Do you have any problems or worries about intimacy? How often do you drink? When was the last time you thought about suicide? Are you experiencing chronic pain? How would you rate your er, your current financial status? What led you to consider therapy today? And then it's a drop-down box. I've been feeling depressed. I'm feeling anxious or overwhelmed. My mood is interfering with my job or school performance. I struggle with building or maintaining relationships. I promise this as a point. I can't find purpose and meaning in my life. I'm grieving. I've experienced trauma. I need to talk through a specific challenge. I want to gain self-confidence. I want to improve myself, but I don't know where to start. Or it's recommended to me by a friend, just exploring other. So I want to return to the anecdote I had at the beginning about the for-profit universities. They are marketing specifically towards people's pain points. Like we talked about, uh, again, everything from education to, like, weight loss pills to $8 bamboo toothbrushes for climate-anxious vegans (laughs) address some sort of insecurity or fear within people. That's what marketing is, is finding pain points. Jesus. So what better way to get data on aggregated groups of people that are feeling depressed or feeling self-conscious about their weight than from a mental health app where people are explicitly selling it. Yeah. I feel bad about this thing. Gotta say that the uh, colleges were still in the forefront and immediately (laughs) connected with that. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. They're sending it to them. When you and it's hor- like this is so I, I do want to say just for defamation there is no confirmation that they are sending this okay, to yes, for-profit yes, universities. Sorry. I'm just saying this is a very valuable data pool. Yeah, and it is legal to resell it because it's a private company. We don't have any confirmation that that is what they're doing. We do have confirmation that they're selling stuff to Facebook. That's it. Right. But when you mm-hmm. think about a valuable data set. And a company that's a subscription-based service that maybe would need to raise more capital to expand or do whatever. I'm not saying anything. (laughs) All I'm saying is (laughs) that is there. It's a valuable data set. To that point, 
Alain Matas, the, the founder, will fervently deny that BetterHelp sells user data to companies. I think it's interesting, though, the way he says it. First of all, he writes this in a Medium article, so the man is incapable of giving a professional <laughs> What interview. is the deal with this man? <laughs> what is the deal? I didn't even think about that when I was writing the script, but I saw that and I went, what Does he is ever, like, deal? speak? Has anyone seen him, like, go out live? You know what? I watched a YouTube video because I wanted to learn how to pronounce his name, and he was so awkward in it. He I mean, yeah, the, the man vi- who goes to like what? The, the video had 130 views. Oh, God. <laughs> the amount of times I'm on YouTube and it's just me and 100 people. Like, I can see this man so clearly and, like, mm. am already running away. <laughs> like, Jesus. So, he will, again, fervently deny that BetterHelp sells user data to companies. He right. is tooth and nail. We do not do that. Right. Quote, one of my favorite conspiracy theories was that our business model is selling data to third parties. This is such a far-fetched conspiracy that I feel awkward addressing it. Girl, just ad- get that a fucking point. It's for real. Our model is simple. Members pay a fee to get counseling. Counselors are paid to provide counseling. We are in the counseling business, not in the data business. There is nothing we take more seriously than the security and privacy of our members. It also goes without saying that counseling is a strictly regulated space and selling such data would be a gross violation of federal laws. And uh, our, a violation of our own terms and privacy policy. It's interesting to me that he says that it is illegal to sell the data from the counseling because it is. Yeah. There's, he, he's right. Yeah. He did not address the val- no. more valid concern that it is not also legal to sell the data from the intake questionnaire. Yeah. Which is not, <laughs> I guess this is a point, I don't know if I was going to make this later. It's not necessarily Alan Matas's fault that people, will take this data and use it in predatory ways. I was just pointing out that this is a step in the process that BetterHelp could be taking. So this is not a uniquely evil company or a uniquely, right. you know, fucked up data economy contributor. Right. It's just saying, like, this is the step that I think a lot of people don't understand about the data economy. Do you understand? Right. Yeah. It's, like, kind of a removed a way of, like, yeah. dodging accountability in a way. Well, yeah. I mean, it... so in a way, he is right. It's interesting that he emphasizes the illegality of selling your counseling data. Right. But let's take a look at the data that BetterHelp itself says it gives to third parties. We're going to read the privacy policy. My favorite. This is crazy. I've never read one of these. Really? No, it's so bad. And I know I'm gambling with my life, but it's like a little throw. (laughs) (laughs) Every time you click agree and it's it's just vibes. It's so scary. Like, I just, ever since that, like, weird... South Park episode, not like the... I know the exact one you're talking yeah. about. Remember we were talking today about <sighs> phrases that get stuck in your head? Yeah. There's this one line in that episode where Butters goes, by clicking agree... No, you- stop. I know ex- <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's horrible. It's literally so horrible. The other thing I get stuck in my head is like, Casa Benita. <laughs> like all like exasperated when they want to go. Oh, God. Is not the same episode. Not at all. Clear. Not at all to be clear. But, but yes, I no. Get, uh, the That's whole time I, I was researching of. this episode, all I was thinking about was Butters being like, by clicking agree, <laughs> you let Apple sew your mouth. No, literally. Ugh. It's so... I don't even like South Park. I don't know why no, that is me stuck. neither. I don't. That's the issue. And I don't watch it often <laughs> enough don't. for it to be cemented in my brain that way. <laughs> but now every time a privacy policy comes up, there's like two seconds where I'm like, <gasps> and then I'm like, okay, be real. Like, yeah. You're not reading. <laughs> so the BetterHelp privacy policy. Are you sweating, by the way? Uh, because uh, I'm drenched. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <A little. laughs> Quote. 
We use our own and third-party cookies and web beacons to help the site function properly, analyze usage, and for marketing purposes. Which already, <laughs> you are using cookies to then, I mean, to then give to somebody else for marketing purposes. Yeah. Your IP address and third-party identifier may be shared with advertising partners to help us deliver more relevant ads. Which already means they are, in fact, giving away your data. Yes. This is what comes up at the bottom every time you're on the website, and you can turn it off by clicking the cookie settings. So you can opt out of the thing I just read to you. Okay. You can opt out of all of this, actually. Okay. Like many websites, we use cookies and web beacons, known as pixels. I didn't know that. I don't know why I kept that in. To collect information. <laughs> it's interesting. It's a fun word. Yeah, pixel. Pixels. We collect cookies that are necessary for the platform to function, cookies that enhance the platform's performance, and cookies used for third-party tracking. A web beacon is a tiny and sometimes invisible um, invisible image or embedded code placed on a web page or email that you can report your visit to uh, or, or use to a third party. Web beacons are typically used by third parties to monitor the activity of users at a website for the purpose of web analytics, advertising optimization, or page tagging. Additional information regarding web beacons is available on Wikipedia. Girl, you're looking at Wikipedia and your privacy There's pop. no way. <laughs> it does. It's on the website. If I can do that in my seventh grade five-paragraph essay, <laughs> like, that is so not right. Adults just lie in school, don't they? They're always like, you'll never get away with this in the real world. Meanwhile, the real world is getting away with every single one of those things. Like, what? But yeah, uh, the fact that uh, I want to, again, emphasize a sentence. Web beacons are typically used by third parties to monitor the activity of users at a website for the purpose of analytics, advertising optimization, or page tagging. Mm. Meaning, third parties can see that you are on betterhelp.com. Even if they can't see that you said, I'm feeling anxious today, they still see that you are someone who is on a mental health app, Yeah, which itself is valuable data. Right. Even like, assuming that I've been wrong about everything so far, assuming they you know, don't have access to you saying I'm depressed, it is still valuable information that you're on a, a mental health app. Exactly. So, <clears throat> Continuing, you can change your browser settings so that it will stop uh, accepting cookies. It, you can opt out is all I'm saying. Right. We employ third-party companies and individuals to facilitate our platform, to perform certain tasks which are related to the platform, or to provide, uh, to provide audit, legal, operational, or other services for us. These tasks include, but are not limited to, customer service, technical maintenance, monitoring, email management, mm -hmm. communication, database management, billing and payment processing, reporting, and analytics. We will share with them only the minimum necessary information to perform their task for us and only after entering into the appropriate confidentiality agreements. So they will share user data with them, but the yes. minimum necessary yeah, to get I, the job done. Like, <laughs> what's the job? Like, what's the job? What is the minimum necessary? Exactly. Like, this where's doesn't your say threshold? anything. The Mozilla Foundation, it's like a privacy nonprofit will say that they use the word may a lot in this privacy agreement, and they don't specify the parameters for which they're using your data for. And also, appropriate confidentiality agreements would mean anything that is under HIPAA can't be used, but that's not most of the website. So there's a lot of appropriate confidentiality agreements wherein they can still see that, like, you know, here's right. an aggregate group of depressed vegans in Chicago right. that, like, logged into BetterHelp twice a day. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then they can do whatever they want with that data. Which is, this is where I would again point to weapons of math destruction to or Reddit or Reddit, <laughs> <laughs> which for some reason also seems to have this like social security number. <laughs> Why is this man this way? So I briefly mentioned this Consumer Reports article before, but I do need to bring up again that they confirmed that BetterHelp does in fact send data to Facebook. 
So given all the privacy things that we just read and knowing that that can get transferred over to Facebook, it is not naive to assume that given the privacy policy, there aren't more companies receiving your data from BetterHelp. What companies after BetterHelp decide to do with your data is, again, not the responsibility of BetterHelp. I was just about to like, say. I'm not, this is not saying BetterHelp bad because this. I'm just saying, like, this is a sickness of our data online, like, regulation exactly. stuff. So it's not saying that Alan Matas is, like, sitting in his house twirling his mustache. He doesn't have a mustache. But, like, going, hee, hee, hee. I'm, like, reselling data. <laughs> like, like, going to his kitchen like the hamburger. He's a completely normal businessman doing yeah. a completely normal business practice okay. that just shows how fucked up our society is. Yeah. You know, like, it is normal to be doing what he is doing. Completely normal businessmen don't make announcements on Reddit. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. You know what? That is absolutely fair. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that's fair. <laughs> and I want to once again emphasize that BetterHelp was not at all unique in this situation, but the continued commodification of mental health services, eroding privacy rights, and lack of regulations for online data have built this unique environment of bizarre. I don't even know if evil is the right word. It's just bizarre. It's, it's endemic of late stage capitalism. I don't know. Whatever yeah. it is. So it's with this data-e lens in mind that I want to talk about the influencer aspect of BetterHelp. Mm. Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Venus Williams, and a host of other celebrities, the guys from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, have had some sort of partnership with BetterHelp wherein you get one free month if you put in a dumb code of theirs or a subscription discount, whatever. And here's what I'm cynically thinking, and this Mm. is me being cynical. Even if you do only visit the the service for a month and then you cancel the free trial, as many people do, you are still worth your weight in golden data vis-a-vis the fact that you have pr- you've uh, proven that you will do the free trial when an influencer yeah. influences you to do it. Yeah. If you do it, that's valuable data that this oh, person God. is someone who responds to influencers. Right. So again, even if you tried a free month of therapy... Um, The data that you try to free month of therapy is useful as advertisers would then know that you're the kind of person who's influenced. So, yeah, even if everything I've said about the data that they can harvest is wrong, I will say with 100 percent certainty that the data regarding your interest in free trials is still fair game. Like that. Without a doubt. I feel like that you can't get my ass for defamation. You know, like that's just a normal thing that people sell. So nothing. And to see that you're reaching out like for a discounted Mm-hmm. Like rates, yeah. like to yeah. see who exactly you are influenced by, mm-hmm. like whether Ariana holds more <laughs> weight than Justin, like, <laughs> and like you know the data of where you live, your geographic, or, yeah, yeah um, you know, age, sex, location. <laughs> is that a Reddit thing or is that just an online I thing? I think that's just like a creep thing. <laughs> to- oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. It like makes my skin crawl. I assume it's bad. So it's nothing but beneficial for better help to keep pushing these free trials, which kind of gets a little dark because, again, this is a mental health service. Right. But they're very invested in pushing these free trials. The, the dark part is the astral world thing. Uh, uh. So I, I, I don't want to indulge in the darkness because that's yeah. all I did last week. So I'll, I'll try to keep this as light as possible so as to not exploit human suffering. Okay. But on November 5th, 2021, a human crush event occurred at a Travis Scott concert. I'm not making that term up. It's called a human crush event. I was event. just about to say that is a crazy label for that. <laughs> What? Because it's happened many times. Like it's it happens so many times. It's called a, a human, human crush, crush event. event. Yeah, when there's too many people within a certain square footage, just if someone topples, like it's it curtains for them. You know, like it, I, oh I think God. it's like four or five within a square meter. Don't quote me on that. I, I just read one Wikipedia yeah. for like five seconds. Yeah, because what? A, oh my God! But there's yeah. a Wikipedia page for human, human crush, crush events. events. So. 
it, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's exactly what happened in 2021. And again, I don't want to get too dark, but 10 people died in this human crush yeah. event at this Travis Scott concert. I find it worth noting that the security team was underprepared by Live Nation. One guard had mentioned that he had taken his test like a day before and it was open book and the instructor was giving him answers. Okay. So Live Nation had underfunded the... Uh, the people who are supposed to be protecting uh, from a human crush event. Well, and they just didn't have enough. And they didn't have enough, yeah. Like, there just weren't enough people standing no, there. And like, the people who were standing there were like, what do we do? Exactly. They were not the people to be standing there. And the, like, private EMT company that they oh, had yeah. hired, yeah, they, they fucked it all up. There so was, bad. On, oh, I'm, I'm not getting dark, I promise. But on I. Was it on Wikipedia? There was one grad student who was trying to resuscitate a woman who had fallen over at yeah, the concert. And then yeah. the EMTs show up, and he was heartbroken to see that they didn't have a defibrillator. The They didn't compress something right. And then None. they didn't have straps on the bed, and she fucking fell off. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, there were multiple, like, videos that yeah. was, like, and then they were, like, oh, can you help? Like, <laughs> asking people in the crowd, like, can you, like, that, like are you are you a nurse or something? Do you want to get started on this one? And I get started uh, on, like, oh, my God. So the number of cost-cutting measures that were put into place to make this event as understaffed as possible meant that people who even wanted to help couldn't help. Exactly. Anyways, point being, three days later, on November 8th of 2021, Travis Scott's team announced that he was partnering with BetterHelp to provide one free month of therapy to the concert's attendees. (laughs) (laughs) And by that point, everyone had seen the horrific footage going around. And the people who were fatally hurt were, by that point, like, confirmed dead. Yeah. So it was completely distasteful to offer one free month of therapy that the attendees... It's like, it's a grim, open-faced ploy to get new subscribers. Like... Very yikes. Oh, God. And considering all this, like, data stuff that I'd mentioned before, it just gets a little dark when you consider, it's like... It's so bad. You consider that it's a mental health service. And so when is mental health most appropriate to, a, like, Everything deploy about that was so in botched. the wake of human tragedy? Oh, God. So it's just another aspect of, like, it's not their fault that this tragedy happened. It's not their fault that any tragedy happens. But it's I, just dark that this is what we do now as a society where it's, like... I remember, like, one of the first headlines, like... Before anything, before any statements from him, from Kylie, from anyone. Mm-hmm. And, like, I remember on People, it was, like, Kylie and Baby, like, safe after concert. Dark. Girl, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah. They're not in that crowd. They're mm-hmm. not there. Oh, They're that's like, so dark. what? Ugh. And for that to be, like, the first thing to come out of that and, like, uh, it, it was all, everything, everything, so tone deaf. Yeah. Start to finish. And I, you know what? I'm going to come out of the woodwork. And I'm not a Travis Scott stan. I don't listen to any of his music. But I think Uh a lot of people were very quick to be like, this is Travis Scott's fault. Yeah, I... I am not of that opinion. Yeah, no. I don't think he can be held directly responsible. I do think he was an idiot on stage for not being like, hold up. As a defender, I will say... As someone who's on stage a lot, I also cannot hear what's going on. That's fair. And so in the videos, it's it's clear in the videos that people are screaming. But when you're on stage, you got all that shit in your ears and the music's playing so loud. I can kind of understand not knowing that there's a human crush event occurring in front right? of me. But he, there's like a video where people are like, stop. And he's like, who's telling me to stop? <laughs> like, let me perform. Like, I, I need mm. to find it. I need to find exactly what he said. If it says something like that. And then, and then I was like, okay, well, mm. take a second. Because clearly your fans aren't going to be like, stop the show, <laughs> sir. We want to marvel you. That's like, fair. they want you to go. <laughs> stop the show, Like, I, that's not really. I hope people would stop my show to marvel me. Honestly, me too. <laughs> but I don't think that that's really, like, the Travis Scott fandom demeanor. 
even darker than this Travis Scott thing, in yes. my opinion. Sorry, continue. BetterHelp partnered with Sandy Hook in December of 2021 to donate 99 months of free therapy to a, quote, cohort of gun violence survivors and their families. I'm really curious who decided to make it. It's, it works out to be 8.25 years of free therapy for these people. Part of why I'm also quite cynical about these free trials is like, what do you expect to get done in the time period you've decided the free trial to be in this wake of human tragedy? Again, not better helps fault that these human tragedies keep occurring. Right. But it is a dark business model to be like, okay, now we're going to come out of the woodwork with our yeah. outreach, caring. We are providing a free month of therapy or whatever. Because <sighs> then after the free month is over, they then have to pay for therapy. Exactly. So you're not a nonprofit. It's just, it's dark. Yeah. Do you understand? There's no, 5,000%. I, I have a hard time articulating exactly, I think because it's unfathomable to, unfathomable to me, the wake of human tragedy. Yeah. But... It's real dark. And that what's the goal here? Uh, I just think it'd be bizarre if, like, if Travis Scott, for example, partnered with, like, Aetna Insurance to get everyone one free month of having a cast to anyone who, like, broke their arm. You know, like, <laughs> what are the no. goalposts to when your therapy is done? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Jesus. Like, yeah. Yeah, so no. So that is no. a, a just, a, there's, <laughs> Yeah. What happens after the month is over? You either have new users who pay for your service, which is the goal of right. a business. You have users who quit the service whose data is still quite useful. Or you have the small but mighty legion of people who forgot to start it off, which is totally me. <laughs> Retweet. <laughs> I have so many, like, apps on my phone that have a little cloud to re-download that I never, like, went on after I first downloaded them. <laughs> All I could say about the influencer side of BetterHelp is that that's grim. That's that's really my only takeaway. But let's talk about BetterHelp and your company's benefits. So do you remember yeah. the Michelin story I was telling you earlier? Of course. So keep that one in your mind. Yep, it's here. Here's another thing about BetterHelp. They have contracts with a ton of companies in the United States. They were recently acquired by Teladoc, which is a massive uh, online physical health platform. So your uh -huh. doctor can like diagnose with pink eye through the app. Right. Uh, so they have their foot in the door with a bunch of companies. To name a few, TikTok, oh. Twitch, Teach for America, Greenpeace, Noom, Aetna, American Express, Oregon State, Humana, Magellan Health, Mercer, and WeWork. <laughs> These companies pay BetterHelp to curate a specific little portal through which their employees can access counseling, usually at a discounted rate than people just raw dogging it. On its website, BetterHelp says that it's easy to use, they have an incredibly diverse portfolio of therapists, etc. But to make this partnership even more appealing to each company, BetterHelp, no joke, has this on its website. <clears throat> oh, Lord. So it's got like a couple little infographics where it's like diverse counselors, easy to use, this and this. Robust reporting is the headline of this one. Respecting the confidentiality of your members doesn't mean that you need to be kept in the dark over what they're doing on BetterHelp. Monitor utilization rates, assess mutual stressors, review satisfaction surveys and scores, and track outcomes and effectiveness, all with 24-7, 365 access to aggregated level, non-personally identifying reports. I want to say, <laughs> I want to say a lot. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> There's a lot of misunderstandings, again, on BetterHelp. I'm not saying that they're literally sharing employee chat sessions with bosses. That's what non-personal identifying information would mean. Mm -hmm. But what does assess mutual stressors mean? Yeah. What outcomes are they tracking and how are they tracking them? I checked with a few people to make sure I wasn't being paranoid when I like read this. And everyone I talked to said, like, this is fucking crazy. Wait. So... If you have questions, I would love like, to answer them. Jeez. No, I mean, kind of like question mark to the whole thing. <laughs> I just like am. Oh, it's so interesting how like 
little they say and how much they say. Yeah. Like, I feel like <laughs> big companies like this are generally more sneaky about these things that just, like, straight, plainly sound horrendous. Mm-hmm. And this guy's like, I mean, here it is. Yeah, here, you want to get into it? I'm not going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> like, so he said, if you, you know, TikTok corporate, oh use BetterHelp. You have access to certain data points about your employees who use the service. And I again want to return to Michelin, where physical health outcomes that are able to be tracked by a company tie directly to financial incentives. And I'm the personality not, guy. And the personality guy. Like, about that. getting a job, having a job, paying, like, even um, insurance companies, like, getting insurance. Yeah. Insurance companies can track data on you as well. Yeah. There was a woman, this is in Weapons of Math Destruction as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> there was a woman who was trying to get housing, I think in Florida, she was trying to get, like, low-income housing. Right. And she kept getting denied, and she, like, denied, 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 and she was like, I have a job. I, you know, take really good care of myself. I don't think she had kids, or if she did, like, they were well-kept. Yeah. And she was like, it's, it makes no sense that I keep getting denied this housing. And so, finally, one of the employees at, like, a different place that she was about to be denied from, they were like, did you run a meth lab in Ohio by any chance? And she was like, no. No. And they were like, oh, that's crazy. Someone with your exact same name does, and we, like, the data provider that we bought your data from told us that. And so, the fact, like, she didn't even know that this data was being collected on her, and then it was used to deny her housing over and over and over again. Oh, my God. So, it took an employee being, like, asking a question. And a damn ballsy one at that. Could you imagine (laughs) asking someone? (laughs) Well, yeah, but, like, to to, to, to ask that question, (laughs) to put yourself in the position of, like, I mean, that's strong 50-50. Risky. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, like, what if she was, like, yeah, I want to meet that employee. (laughs) Me too. For real. I love that. Well, honestly, <laughs> did she... you run a meth lab by any chance? Like, <laughs> I did not. I did not, actually. No. But if she did, she'd be like, well, <clears throat> you caught me. Ah! <laughs> like, literally, what <laughs> Oh, my God. But, yeah, the, this data is able to be collected. So, I had wanted to return to the Michelin one where it's like, at your company, your employer right. has certain access to your health data, and now they can't have access to your mental health data. <sighs> what does that mean for the future of your privacy when it comes to... I, I really am stuck on mutual stressors. Yeah. Because... Does that mean, like, they're telling the app something and not their therapist something, and that's what's able to be tracked by exactly. BetterHelp? And if so, I don't know. It's all disturbing. Incredibly. And it's just like, TikTok, if I'm typing your algorithm, like, <laughs> I don't need to be bubbly, okay? <laughs> you don't need to know my confidence level to skim from 1 to 10. Like, I literally, <laughs> I will type, type, type. I will do what you need me to do, but why do I? For real? <laughs> like, for real? Do you really need to know There's this no about way. me? It's this a, is more work for you at the end of the day, literally. But it's it's a way to assert more control or Without to it, when you're talking about who's getting a promotion, who has done – and this is – again, none of this is necessarily better help's fault. Like this is speculative at this point. Right. I wanted to make that clear because I don't want right. <laughs> to get hit with defamation. Uh, you're better than me. If, well. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to ask those questions. Right. I'm not assuming anything. I'm not like, this is clearly corporate dystopia just before our eyes. Right. But it just does raise a lot of questions about privacy and the outcomes of <laughs> what, what would happen if your employee has, right. or if your employer has this information. Right. So I'm going to try and get some of my thoughts out. Absolutely. Uh, 
because I and it was, that was a lot of questions that I just asked. Yeah. I could, in theory, do a data episode for any major online company, from small candle stores to Amazon to Planet Fitness. Your data is being harvested and sold in the data economy. There was like a John Oliver episode about this kind of recently, and he really said it well when he said, "You are like a lot of stuff is free online because you're the product being sold." Yeah. No. However, I chose BetterHelp. Because I find it skeevy that this robust data economy now extends into healthcare, specifically mental health care. Mm-hmm. Not that any privacy violations are okay, but this is certainly much less innocuous than a candle company selling your data to a vegan baking company. Yeah. You know? No. We have commodified mental health in such a way, which it should be health care. Uh, I don't know. Mental health should be health care, not a data point for Facebook mm-hmm. to be able to do whatever with. No, or exactly. for a for-profit college to find that you have low self-esteem like... and then target misleading ads towards you, which is what happened. I don't, was that Corinthian or somewhere else? Uh, it might have been, un- oh, University of Phoenix ran this ad oh, where it was God. like, Obama, it was like, Obama says that mothers should like go back to school, implying that he had signed a bill or something for working mothers, which he never did. <laughs> what the, what? <laughs> so if they have this data about you that you're a struggling single mom with low self-esteem and you have a dead-end job, you are then marketed this deceptive advertisement to then get you into the university you know like it's just the chain of events is so So long and there's not direct I mean there is but there isn't direct culpability on just one part of the supply chain of your data yeah yeah. so I hope I have made a mention at this point that it bears repeating everything I've talked about with BetterHelp is only doable because you opt into it and the way that the law is is written is that they can make the opt out structure like really confusing lengthy and Mm-hmm. You know, requires background knowledge. But the point is, when you click agree to that little box to go away, you sign away a lot of your rights. Mm-hmm. When you, you know, work at a company, you do sign away a lot of your rights. Yeah. What is the trade off between convenience and privacy? What do you value when it comes to your mental health and how you interact online? I want to make it clear that uh, users of BetterHelp are not uniquely, like, ignorant to the online data no. economy. And generally, I'm a believer in the service making therapy more accessible. I think it's a noble goal. Yeah. I don't think this was made with the idea of being like, ha. I'm, I, I yeah. think he, he said it, and I think he was right. He's not in the data business necessarily. Yeah. Uh, it is a, a noble goal, but that's what the world we live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will also say this in advance. I know that there's this viral string of TikToks from some guy Saying that BetterHelp is bad because they uh, don't pay the counselors and they, you know, harvest and resell your data, blah, blah, blah. But the guy who made those TikToks is the CEO of a different online mental health company. Oh, <laughs> like, what? I thought that was clear from the TikToks. Oh Everyone was like, let's take this guy's word for it. What the- it's like, this guy's got skin in the game. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. So, I have not seen those, but now I want to. It is true that therapists on BetterHelp can make as little as $30, like, per session. Oh, Period. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, most of them don't, but it like they didn't deny that they, yeah. <laughs> they can make as little as thirty dollars a session. <laughs> That's pretty bleak. Yeah, but you know, you underpay your own employees, you resell data, you, exactly. you can make some money. Exactly. So yeah, uh, don't send me those fucking TikToks. Don't tag me in them. I don't want to see this. <laughs> Getting real blunt about it all. Ultimately, it is perfectly legal for better help to exist in its current state, and it's not going away anytime soon. No. It's not some unique evil that blew up because of nefarious intent. It's more like a congealing of a bunch of fucked up aspects of how we do healthcare privacy and online regulations. Um, yeah, that's literally what I had to say about that. Ugh, I just like, ew. <laughs> I don't know. I know it's good, and I agree. Noble goal, however... Yeah, like it's not a nonprofit, so you can say noble goal all you want, but at some yeah. point he did value making money. Exactly. Which is kind what of it always is. Mm-hmm. how it how the cheese molds, if you will. It is how the cheese molds. How are you feeling? Let's do an emotional check-in. I'm feeling good. I feel like 
I'm going to be clicking a lot more on the like, see more about this. And then like, look for that little invisible, like reject all of these. <laughs> yeah, there things. are um, things you can download on your computer to like automatically clear cookies or yeah. Uh, like you can opt into always having the cookie settings default to like the least amount of cookies. Yeah. Then there are those essential ones. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> like, what does that mean? Though? Sometimes essential cookies could mean something like when you re-log into Facebook, it yeah. has your, you know, like it knows that it is you. Yeah. So it'll say like, hey, are you Claire logging back in? Right. So, so like cookies, like cookies generally are neutral yeah. entities that are then used in certain ways. Yeah. For for evil for nefarious intent (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's all the shit I had to say about BetterHelp wow to to raise the points I had to raise about BetterHelp Uh, so not a lot of crime this episode no one went to jail it's actually all perfectly legal that's kind of the point of the episode I know I wish he (laughs) got in kind of like a fight maybe he'll get in a fight with me with that guy on TikTok (gasps) They'll have, like, a smackdown. It'll be kind of like those, like, Jake Paul weirdo fights. Like, they'll just. (laughs) I would go. I would absolutely participate. Yeah. (laughs) I would be ringside, baby. (laughs) No, literally. I want to go to wrestling. No, me too, a little. One time my friend had a dick appointment, like, uh, canceled because he was going to see Jake Paul fight. (laughs) So she, like. (laughs) And I was like, that's horrible. Like, literally, please stop. This This is awful. But let me tell you. The way that I would cancel to see those two men <laughs> fight and wrestle, <laughs> I would need another relationship in my life. I put so much money on that fight. I would want mud, jello. I, I saw jello yeah. wrestling once. Oh, really? It wasn't what it There's, was cracked up to be. Yeah. I feel like when I thought of that, I got excited and then immediately was like, but wait, lower your expectations because yeah. like, what could really come out of that? It wasn't as fun as it should have been. No. Anyways, better yeah. help. Better help. Better. <laughs> Busted Better Business help. Bureau listeners get 10% off their first subscription this month. <laughs> None of it. <laughs> but yeah. People uh, ask me all the time, like, why don't I have sponsors on this podcast? And this is fucking why. <laughs> yeah. It makes it a little, a little weird. Yeah, I, I, don't could... th- I don't think Better Help wants me at this point. No. <laughs> I, I wouldn't imagine. Or maybe it'll be kind of like, oh. like a checkmate type move, like... You thought. You know what? Better help. If you give me money, I, I, I will accept it now with a clear conscience. Friends close, <laughs> enemies closer. I mean, <laughs> you know, no pa- press is bad press. No press is bad press, baby. There we go. All right. Well, that's it. That's all I had to say. Well, you got thank anything? you uh, for having me. Of course. It is my pleasure. So I, I had such a great day with you. Me too. We really have just been vibing all day. Despite the Lucy's host thwarting. Mm-hmm. Our joy and happiness on this day. We didn't let it happen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what's your Instagram again? Claire Annalee. Yeah, Claire Annalee. Bang, Spelled bang. phonetically. Oh, wow. Nothing cool. fancy about it. Uh, fabulous. So you can follow her there. You can, oh, fuck. You should donate to my Patreon. The amount of money I spend on books and time I spend researching these episodes, I've never made a direct plea like this, but, like, fucking please pay for my Patreon. Please do that. (laughs) Please do that. Because it's been real nice having that money coming in, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. She deserves it. (laughs) Oh, stop. That's true. It's at Busted Biz Bureau, as are all my social medias. Also, you know, keep throwing your money at the Lincoln Lodge. Now that you know what it is, you can (laughs) more consciously put your money this way. Uh, I was here until 2.40 in the morning 
today yeah. because once again oh if you're a really dedicated listener of the pod you will know that the come town boys are just a constant nuisance for me because <laughs> they, keep, they keep coming to the lincoln lodge and then i have to work really hard because oh they're really popular <laughs> so it happened again everybody it happens if you're wondering yeah one of the come town boys came and then i had to work really hard i made a lot of money it's, it was great day. i loved it <laughs> all right well that's it uh have a great day have a good one peace out peace